From the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio, here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. The Texas Rangers are in the World Series. Congratulations. Oh, Ranger fans all over town rejoice. What a special time it is. The Rangers seeking their first World Series championship, by the way. Uh, they're 0 for 3, but uh, who knows? Maybe fourth time's a charm. I hope it is. We've got a big Game 7 coming up here in two hours. Arizona and Philly for all the marbles. Winner gets the Rangers. Can you imagine if it's Arizona and Texas in the World Series? Oh, my God. Battle of the Southwest. Yes. 90% of the baseball world couldn't care less except for us around here. We'll have a lot of interest in that. And... Hey, the last time the Diamondbacks were in the World Series, um, I was there. I think it was 0-1, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, Steve. We uh, played the Yankees. Yeah. I was I was at that series that year. So it would be awesome uh, if they went to the World Series, just in my opinion, knowing that there would be a lot of El Pasoans making the trip up uh, to Phoenix to go watch a game. Maybe even if it's uh, in, t- of course, in Arlington, they might go out, out there and experience a World Series matchup there. But I like the proximity a lot for El Paso baseball fans. I do, too. I do, too. I think it's, uh, again, it, it could be so much fun for El Pasoans to make the trip. Tell you what, it'd be a lot easier if you, um, I wonder where the cheapest, you think the cheaper ticket will be in Phoenix or in uh, or in Arlington? Probably mm. Phoenix. Yeah, I would think Phoenix. It's a good uh, question, um, you know, to, to pose out there. Also, it's interesting because Globe Life's newer. It's a newer, uh, you know, stadium for the Rangers. And so maybe that just adds a little bit of dollars to it. Uh, that's true too. Um, it is, it's an expensive place to go watch a game. I know that I've heard that. So, um, but that's tonight, uh, Arizona wins, uh, they're in, they'll play the uh, Rangers. And if not, it'll be the Philadelphia Phillies. So, um, excited about that. I think that's uh, going to be uh, a lot of fun and understand that, you know, I mean, this is a, it's a big deal for Arizona fans. It, it really is. Um, speaking of the Rangers, Matt Hicks is going to join us in about 25 minutes. Former longtime El Paso Diablo's voice, who's now, I think Matt's got to be at least five or six years into the Rangers um, and working with Eric Nadell. It's going to be his first World Series that he gets a chance to call. So uh, Matt Hicks, uh, Hicksy, will join us uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour. And very, very excited about that. Super happy for him. And uh, what a run that's been for the Rangers. They looked good last night, man. They started hitting the ball. They never stopped, really. That team offensively, um, amazing. Uh, absolutely. Uh, they, put, they put a clinic on. And isn't it interesting that every road every road team was a winner in that whole series? All seven games won by the road team. Yeah, I guess a little starstruck in front of your own home crowd. How about Javier yesterday? How disappointing in that first inning just clobbered, Steve. I, mm. I mean, Imagine the Astros having to play from behind the entire game and going down 3-0 in the yep. first inning uh, the way that they did. That was just disappointing to me. Did Javier even get an out? Did he record one out in the series, or did he not even get an out? He I might don't... have. He might have gotten one. 
he might have gotten one, but it was just very disappointing to see him uh, out on the mound and perform that way. I mean, you know, look, the Astros were able to put up four runs, but it was no match, none whatsoever to the Rangers. Offensively, they're so streak. I mean, on both sides, they're they're very streaky as a team. Yep. And I feel like once they uh, catch a stride, catch momentum on their side, it's hard to beat them. What's uh, no matter where they're playing. I'm with you on that, and and. Tell you what, I think the Rangers are like I think they're the most dangerous team in this postseason. Doesn't matter uh, who comes out of the NL right now. The Rangers look like they're on a mission. And by the way, if they end up winning the World Series for the first time in franchise history, isn't it fitting that in order for them to get that World Series win, they beat the Astros? Yes, yes. It's a showdown in Texas. Uh, it's the battle for Texas. The Astros, the team who always comes out of the ALCS, it feels like, year in, year out. They're always in contention. Rangers fans always have to hear from Astros fans how much better their organization is than the Rangers. And for the Rangers to get one, uh, it felt good for the underdog story. I, I thought that was yeah. a really cool thing. Also loved uh, what Tim Haggerty posted earlier. Austin Hedges, Travis Jankowski, 2 Former Chihuahuas heading to the World Series with the Rangers. Good point. Good point. Phil Maton, by the way, was pitching against them for the Astros. He's another former uh, Chihuahua. There's Chihuahuas everywhere. That's right. Yeah, and I know that uh, we have people like uh, our guy Gerald Hitter talk about how Padres dealt away a lot of these uh, players. Now all these players are all across uh, the you know World Series playoff rosters, whatever it might be. While the Padres, who have one of the highest payrolls in all baseball, are yep. just sitting at home. I was at Game One, by the way, the O one World Series. That was when the uh, Diamondbacks won nine to one, when they uh, hung four in the third, four in the fourth. It was nine one in the fourth, and that's the way it ended. Kirk Schilling beat Mike Mussina in that game, and Craig Council, Luis Gonzalez uh, went yard for Arizona in that one. What's it like watching kind of a lopsided game, even if it's the World Series? You know what? I remember that game like it was yesterday. Um, I was with my dad. It was the only it's the only World Series game that each of us ever attended in person. And the only reason we attended it was we were Diamondback affiliates in that in those days and the Diamondbacks actually offered us a chance to buy World Series tickets at face value. So, I think we sat about like 18 rows from the field and if I'm not mistaken, the tickets that we bought were like Either they're either like a hundred and eighteen or one seventy a piece, but I just remember how cheap they were. And the Diamondbacks even said, "We have a limited number of tickets. We'll sell you, but you can purchase them if you want for all home games." So that was great. And by the way, what's even more crazy is that we had a wedding. Um, I think the weekend of November third and fourth. Had we not had the wedding we could have attended uh, Game 7 of the World Series. Like that, we would have been there for that. But we had the wedding in Chicago, couldn't get back in time, couldn't swing it. But uh, Darren Hunt was working for us at that time. Darren was doing morning radio, uh, and he was there and had the opportunity to, um, to go to Game 7 of the World Series. So, yeah, really cool stuff. Really, really cool stuff. Brings back memories. I mean, what, 22 years ago is what it was. So, anyway, uh, as we get started on the show, Adrian is back from his bachelor party weekend in Mexico. Not mine, Mexico. not mine. <laughs> uh, well, it was not yours. You're already married. But it was a, it was a bachelor party weekend. 
I'll say, you're back from a bachelor party weekend. There you go. Um, how close were you to this uh, individual who was celebrating his bachelor party, which, by the way, uh, had to make it a destination bachelor party. This was not in the States. This was in Mexico. Correct. This is a trend among younger people. Uh, remember, you know, to all our listeners, I'm still in my 20s. Uh, you know, my friends is one of my best friends uh, out there. And uh, his name is Diego. He works for El Paso Matters. Go check him out. Um, he he wanted to go out to where he pretty much grew up, which is uh, out at Los Cabos in Mexico. Nice. And um, there was a hurricane over the weekend, Steve, Hurricane uh, Norma. And we got a little bit of rain. We got crazy winds throughout the weekend. But the one thing that we didn't have is power and running water for about 40 to 50 hours at one point. Um, Did you have it when you landed? Yes, when we landed, it was fine. It was, I mean, it was beautiful. That area is incredible. That part of the the world is just incredible. Um, just a lot of tourists out there. Great culture, amazing food, incredible views. Uh, everything that you could ask for, except for running water and uh, you know power for you know forty hours. Went forty hours, so for more than twenty four, yeah, like a day and a half of no power. Yes, that's correct. You um, landed on a set on a Friday, right? Landed Friday. Uh, it takes you know from the airport to where we were in our. Airbnb took about an hour and a half. Uh, went out there, had a great time. Uh, we bought a bunch of groceries as if we were preparing for the hurricane. Yep. Well, what we didn't know is Saturday, with uh, no running water and no uh, electricity, that we would have to cook most of that food that we ended up buying the day before. Uh, but we had, you know, we had a lot of beer, we had a lot of uh, drinks, we had a lot of fun, man. And it was, uh, you know, all my closest friends. So if you think about it, if you're ever trapped in a hurricane, no running water, no power for a little while. Better do it with your close friends and see, you know, uh, and it was just a lot of fun. We were right on the beach. We were having a great time. The weather wasn't that bad, so we got a chance to play football on the beach, cool. you know, uh, go swimming at, at some points, not in the ocean, but in a pool that was there for the Airbnb. Uh, the last day when we couldn't take any more of the no power, no water, got a little refund from Airbnb, got a, uh, switched over to a house with power, with running water. How did that happen? How did you actually <laughs> wait? So wait, so you're telling me that... The power outage was not the entire uh, area. It was just a certain section. Uh, it was the worst, man. On the street itself, we were like the only house without power. What? And this house didn't have a backup generator. Like how irresponsible of the Airbnb host to not have like a backup generator uh, for power. So we ended up, uh, we were the only house on the block. The neighbors had power. They were offering water. They were oh, offering ice. Oh my God. And we were the only ones without uh, power See, I water. thought the entire area got knocked out without power i think there were pockets all across the you know the the area that def- definitely were without power and running water uh but we were just one of the unlucky ones who didn't Man. have it so you had no power for 40 hours how did you guys navigate at night once it got dark so at night uh everybody with flashlights so actually i was wearing a shirt with a frocket so i had my phone like with zero service by the way steve zero service whatsoever uh and a flashlight so i could see everything in front of me um and yeah you just had to just basically hang out outside couldn't stay inside it was very humid so um yeah that's what i pretty much did and then toward the end of the night just found a spot slept 
uh, woke up the next morning, said, hey, we're tired of the no power, no water, moved over to a different Airbnb. The Airbnb comped us with a big refund, which was great. And we were, uh, Sunday was the big day. We were in paradise. We were in this like beautiful, we were nine guys deep. Uh, we were in this beautiful like mansion in Los Cabos and we had a great time. So paradise, it was paradise. It was so much fun. Uh, and it was great to be with all my friends. So you went from no power hell to full power paradise mansion and comped. Yes, that's right. exactly right. Yes. Sounds like, uh, I, listen, I, I feel like you guys really had to suffer for uh, a long time, but at least the, the payoff was good on Sunday. You know, it was, it was fun. It wasn't really suffering. It was a lot of fun the whole time. I, I really enjoyed uh, the company of all my, it puts yeah. a lot of things in perspective too, so made me tougher as an individual. I feel like I've lived seven lives though since uh, the last time I was on this show. What a story. Unbelievable. Memphis Drew is going to kick us off on the phone lines right now, 505-6009. Drew, how are you? Doing good, Steve. How about yourself, brother? Well, I mean, I'm doing well. Adrian's the one with yeah. the story, not me. Yeah, and he got his uh, birthday coming up uh, Saturday, I do believe. Ah, Isn't that right, Adrian? Look at you. Actually, yes, he is turning on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 he's getting. He's going to be a, a year wiser. That's right. Yeah, Adrian, yeah. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the big 2-7 uh, coming up on Saturday. 2-8 two eight on two the 2-8. Yeah, that's right. All right. Just kidding, 2-7. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I forget my own birthday, Steve. I don't even know how old I am. So, <laughs> oh. yeah, I was thinking to myself, am I 28? Am I 27? No, I'm 27. I'm going to be 27. That's right. I was going to have to correct hey. my iPhone. That's that's. Good to know, but thank you for that. Yes. Hey, remember the KROD van? Those trips to contest trips to Phoenix? Yeah, the fan van. <laughs> Do you remember? Those? Of course, I, I drove the fan van. You better yeah, believe yeah. I remember it. I was the driver of the fan van back in those days. Yes. <laughs> did you enjoy that? I did. I did. I took I, I took a couple trips to Phoenix uh, in the fan van. I took one trip with uh, some winners in Buzz, and we went to the Super Bowl. We didn't get to go watch the game. We were watching it at a bar while the winners went. But yes, I had we had we did have fun. Absolutely, I, I do miss the fan van. That was probably the nicest of all the vehicles, the station vehicles we've ever owned. Was the fan van? So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. NBA tips off tonight. My Grizzlies are hurting. Right off the bat, no Stephen Adams out for the year. Brandon Clark, no Morant. Mm. We won 50 games the last two years. Uh, Taylor Jenkins going to have to really put on his his uh, all-out coaching hat this year. Yeah, I don't know what to expect uh, with the situation in Memphis right now. I mean, I, I don't see them as a playoff team, Adrian. Maybe things change because of all the injuries and the suspensions and everything else. But they're missing they're missing uh, like you know about more than a half of their core. I would just say this: there's going to be a lot of trades that are going to be made throughout the season. I, I would expect the Grizzlies to be among the more aggressive teams for trades. The one trade that they should make: Robert Williams on the Portland Trailblazers as a result of that deal with Boston so they could acquire Drew Holiday. The Portland Trailblazers aren't keeping Rob Williams on that team. They're going to dangle him. They're going to trade him to a suitor. I like that fit really well alongside Jaron Jackson Jr. for the Memphis Grizzlies. I think that would be a great add and uh, you know that would help them in, in terms of their front court problems with missing guys like Brandon Clark and Steven Adams. Mm. I yeah. still think they'll be all right, but uh, they, they won't be in the top tier. But if Moran can come back healthy, they'll be dangerous still. Agreed. Hey, uh, other things, uh, 
Showtime is dropping boxing, Steve. Yeah. That's a sad story. Well, it was sad when HBO dropped it, but now that Showtime's dropping it, it just goes to show you that the platforms have changed and uh, you you can't do uh, you know what you used to do given the amount of streaming TV that has become so popular. Yeah. We got New Mexico State playing La Tech tonight. We um, do. I'm pulling for the Aggies. I'll be on CBS Sports Network. You got, who do you think going to take that one? Uh, listen, if the Aggies win, which they very well could, they'll stay in the conference USA hunt, and they'll be one game shy of going to a bowl. Uh, that's that's amazing. Uh, I'll go NMSU because I think they've just got all the confidence right now. Yeah, and uh, as Adrian said earlier, Bob Melvin's even San Diego for San Francisco. He's from there. Yep. Um, Big move. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, hey, where would you rather live, San Francisco or San Diego? San Diego. Think so? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been to both. Yeah. I do like the city by the bay, but I'll take San Diego. How about you? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably safer down San Diego. But those real estate pr- uh, prices in San Francisco, man, they're the highest in the nation. I did know. you know that? I did. I did. Yeah. Good job, Drew. Appreciate the call. Thanks for getting in. Adrian, if you had to pick one, San Diego, San Francisco. Yeah, no question. San Diego for sure. Yeah, I love San Diego. I know it. 19 past. Uh, Matt Hicks, 10 minutes from now, right after Charlie won in this traffic update. 23 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Matt Hicks will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Let's get back to the phones right now. 505-6009. We will uh, continue with Orly, who joins us. Orly. Uh, another bad loss for the 49ers, and suddenly they don't look like the clear-cut favorites from the NFC like they did a few weeks ago. Yeah, I agree. Um, two tough losses. Could have gone either way, but you know what? It is part of the game. Uh, I still think they're fine. They'll be fine. Just got to relax uh, and let things work out. They've got a tough game this week against Cincinnati, but it's at home. Uh Everybody's probably on Purdy now. I understand he did not have a good fourth quarter. Prior to that, he was okay. But it, it, it is what it is. I don't understand how you can go in three plays in a minute and five seconds, 75 yards and score, and then not do it again. Then your defensive coordinator rushes six with what, less than 10 seconds to go in the half. Yeah. I don't understand that. I mean, just play it back. Tackle him inbounds again. Half time's over. Yeah, that Jordan Addison that? touchdown pass was ridiculous because remember, yes. that ball was almost picked off, and then Addison right. just grabbed it as they were both fighting for possession and then took it 60 yards. I mean, took it to the house. It was amazing. I mean, that was like the last thing I expected from that ball. Yeah, exactly. And that may have been the turning point of the game. I thought because you take away those six points, we out, the 49ers outscored them in the second half, ten to ten to six. Uh, that yes, that's correct. That's correct. That's correct. That, that's that's it's part of the game. I just think you know, relax. They don't work things out. They've got too many superstars on that team to let it get them down. So I'm looking for the question you had: Would I live in San Francisco or San Diego? San Diego. Yeah. San Diego. I mean, San Francisco's nice. But it, lately, it's really gotten bad. It's uh, uh, the homeless out there's gotten bad. Uh, the cost of living's always been high. Mm-hmm. Well, San Diego's not much cheaper. San Diego's not much cheaper. So, 
anyway, that's it, guys. Just want to call in because, you know, when I lose, I call in. Hint, hint, cowboy fans. All right, guys. Thanks for the phone call. Take care. Take care. Orally reminding us that after losses, he calls in just like after wins. Hint, hint, Cowboys fans. All right. Let's keep the phones moving right now. Minor Eddie Mack is going to join us. We are a day away from UTEP and Sam Houston State. In fact, the uh, countdown to kickoff will get underway 5 o'clock tomorrow on 600 ESPN El Paso. We've got baseball tonight. Game 7, Phils and D-backs, uh, 6 o'clock. First pitch, we'll have it for you. What's up, Minor Eddie Mack? Okay, so the other day, we, we've had a lot of people call in and say, Hi, how are you guys? By the way, a lot of people call in and say, you know, we've had our issues, defensive issues, a lot of play calling. But I wanted to shed, like, I felt a little defensive about three teams that UTEP's played. The first one is Arizona. Now, right now, they're four and three. They have five games left. And if they win two of the five, I think they'll go bowling, and they've actually been improving. The next team is UNLV. They've only lost one game. They only lost to Ohio State, and they're playing Fresno. But they're easily already bowl qualified. And the next team is New Mexico State. They still have five games left. All they have to do is win two to go bowling, or one, yeah, two. And my point is, New Mexico State, and UNLV could end up winning nine games. They could both go to a bowl, both win the bowl, and they could possibly end up ranked in the top 40. And Arizona wouldn't be too far behind if they end up 6-6 six and six in the Pac-10 and go to a bowl. So my point is these three teams are actually pretty good football teams. I was very impressed with UNLV and New Mexico State's offensive creativity. I just want to say these are good football teams, and that's the that's the point I wanted to make. I'll hang up, and I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, listen, we could say that they're, you know, better than expected, but those are, are still teams that a lot of us thought the Miners could be at least competitive with, you know? Lost to Arizona 31-10, lost to UNLV 45-28, um, they also and they lost to the they got killed by the Aggies twenty eight to seven. Let's not uh, sugarcoat that. That was rough as well. Look, Louisiana Tech is three and five, and Louisiana Tech beat them twenty four to ten. How do we explain that one? I mean, there are there are plenty of games this year, and and you can you know we could talk about you know Northwestern until we're blue in the face. And yeah, I get it. They're a they're a bad Power Five football team. But you want to know something? Uh, that's just a team that, you know, they're three and four. And look at their wins. They beat Howard, UTEP, and somehow beat Minnesota, 37-34. Point is, there's plenty of bad losses this year for UTEP. I'm not going to then spin it by saying that UTEP is two and six, but they've lost to a bunch of good teams. There are no moral victories in nope. year six of a regime. And I think what uh, minor Eddie Mack was trying to allude to is moral victories. Hey, these are quality losses. No, I throw all of that out the window in year six of a coaching regime. Uh, they, I have a higher standard for this football program, and it fell well, well below those expectations. As well you should. As well you should. Matt Hicks will join us next right after Sports Center. Bottom of the hour as we continue. 
Let's welcome in uh, a longtime friend of the show who uh, goes back many, many years to when he first arrived in El Paso as the voice of the El Paso Diablos. And now he gets an opportunity to call his first World Series with the Texas Rangers. I'm talking about Matt Hicks, who's uh, with us live on the program. Hicksy, good to have you back. And uh, man, oh man, what a postseason run it's been for you and the Rangers. No question, Cappy. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been uh... It's been a wild ride. It's uh, in some ways, our postseason has been a microcosm of the season, where the club goes in and does the unexpected, and then expectations are, are high, and then they falter, and then you think that the world is going to end, and then they rebound from that and do it again. It's been that kind of roller coaster ride all season, and um, certainly the uh, American League Championship Series was like that, but. You know, when you go back to the beginning of this postseason, who in the national media gave the Rangers a shot against Tampa Bay? No one did. Uh, We were supposed to just go to Tampa Bay and just sort of whimper out and lose a couple of games and just be done and and, and be happy that we had made the postseason after six losing seasons. But that's not what this team is all about. It's not how they were constructed. It's not the way they go about their business. And so, you know, for uh, 26 guys wearing the Ranger uniform, they most definitely, and, and for others uh, additionally, they definitely deserve to be where they are. Oh, I completely agree with you. And uh, it has been, it's been wild. I mean, it's so funny too, because I'll take Evan Carter, for example. Um, he's 21 years old. He gets called up to play against the Chihuahuas and he gets his first taste of AAA. And after a two games, he's, he's, he's in Arlington. And now he's playing a substantial innings uh, with the Rangers on this team. And he's, and he was just in double a a few months ago. I mean, that's one of so many great storylines on this ball club this year. Yeah, no question about it because he spent the balance of the season at the double a Frisco and then got that very short time in AAA. I think maybe he played eight or nine games total, mm-hmm. maybe a couple against the Chihuahuas. Uh, but then, you know, the reason he got called up was because Adolis Garcia got hurt. Uh, Adolis was trying to – if I'm correct on this, it was the series where we were at home against Houston, and I want to say Michael Brantley hit a home run, and Adolis tried to make a leaping grab at the wall, then landed wrong on his knee, and then ended up going on the I.L., and Evan had been doing so well at AA, and then he just went right to AAA and impressed. And the Rangers decided, well, you know, let's bring him up and see if he can't fill the void. And he didn't just fill the void. Uh, he took it and, run, and ran with it. And, of course, you know, because of his combination of bat-to-ball skills and occasional pop and speed, he fitted well down at the bottom of the order, and so he was productive in that nine-hole. And... Bruce Bochy even said, I really like him in the nine hole because he was doing so well. He started getting questions. Hey, eh, you might want to move him up to sixth or seventh, or, you know, he might be a pretty good hitter at the top of the lineup. And, and Bruce Bochy's going to wait a minute. We've got our leadoff hitter. His name is Marcus Simeon. We've got our number two hitter. His name is Corey Seager. Those guys aren't going anywhere. But as the you know regular season was winding down, Nathaniel Lowe sort of, you know, hit a real rut pardon me, kind of worked his way out of that three-hole in the lineup. And we had, you know, Bochy tinkered with different things to do. But then at some point he finally said, 
well, let's let's throw Evan Carter into that number three spot and see what he can do. And so now Evan's the three-hole hitter against right-handed pitching for sure. Um, and, and he's been incredibly productive. And, you know, the other uh, element to this, uh, Cappy, and I'm sure you know about this, when the Rangers drafted Evan Carter in the second round, they got uh, run through the ringer with criticism for taking a guy that basically wasn't even on anybody else's draft like it, it wasn't that 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 uh, you know people that are experts in the major league draft were surprised that Carter went in the second round when maybe he should have been a fourth or a fifth round pick. People were like, this guy shouldn't have even been picked. Period. What are the Rangers doing, wasting their second round pick on a guy that's never going to play in the major leagues? I cannot imagine right now how thrilled the entire Rangers scouting department is that. They made a very unpopular call. You know, they went definitely way off the charts to make Evan Carter their second-round pick coming out of high school and for him to have made the progression through the minor leagues like he has and not only get to the big leagues by the age of 21, but to be as impactful a player as he has been in such a short amount of time. Matt Hicks with us uh, here on Sports Talk as we continue. Uh, You tell me if you're going to... Have a run like this, having the opportunity to go through the Astros and do it the way the Rangers did. It, for the fan base that has suffered for 50-plus years, is this the ultimate way to try to get back to a World Series? The, the way the Rangers did it. So you mean the hard way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because this team hasn't done anything the easy way all season long. I'd have been fine with sweeping the Astros four straight uh, in getting to the World Series. The um, you know the three losses at home uh, did not do my body well, and I'm sure that the fan base was just like just sweating the entire time. But to go through Houston to get to the World Series is most definitely the way that it needed to be because this rivalry has really ratcheted up here um, recently and certainly this season. You know, a a lot of back when the Astros were in the National League and played the Rangers every year in an interleague matchup, uh, home and away, um, you know, a a lot of trying to to generate that interest in the rivalry was artificial. Um, But now that the Astros are not only in the American League, but in the division and we're playing them so much, and then this year to have the kinds of series we had with them, both at home and on the road, just really took the rivalry to new levels. And then, you know, for them to have reached their seventh consecutive league championship series and for the Rangers to win the series the way they did, we now have a legitimate rivalry that is, I think on par with the Red Sox and the Yankees or the Giants and the Dodgers or the Cardinals and the Cubs. I love it. I think it's absolutely terrific. And for you, since you joined the Rangers full time, uh, 
in 2013. I, I think you 2012 in June was when you first arrived, which was yep. soon after uh, their their last World Series appearance. Knowing you get the opportunity now to to call this one for the first time and be in the booth with Eric Nadell, who returned this year and has been with you the entire run that you've been with this team and this franchise. That's got to be pretty special too. Yeah, there's no question about it. Definitely having getting Eric back as we did early in the second half and for him to, you know, be back at full fiddle and, and to be the Eric Nadell that all Rangers fans know and love. Um, it's special to be able to share this uh, with him. There's no question about it. Um, and for me, you know, joining the team in the middle of the 2012 season, you know, on the, on the, on the crest of the, the wave of their World Series appearances in 2010 and 2011. And I tell you what, the, the, the popularity of the team back then was just, it was crazy because when we would go on road trips in 2012, the number of Ranger fans we would see everywhere on the road was, you know, uh, really uh, enlightening. Um, but then, you know, we, we had that, that finish in 2012 where we backed our way out of the division title backed our way into the wild card game. Uh, we were supposed to beat Baltimore in the wild card game, but lost even with you Darvish on the mound. It was really um, sort of a sad ending to my first half season in the big leagues. But, you know, I've been through a lot with the club. You know, we had game 163 in 2013. Uh, we had the disappointments of a lot of injuries in 2014. We went to the postseason in 15 and 16 and played the Blue Jays in the division series both years. And of course had the, uh, you know, incredibly emotional uh, postseason loss to them in 2015, the Jose Bautista bat flip game and all of that. Uh, and then all these losing seasons here leading up to this season to have six consecutive losing seasons, but then to, to, to be, you know, to have the kind of season like we had this year, a great race in the American league West between the Rangers and uh, the Astros and the Mariners for it to come down to the final series. We didn't clinch a postseason berth until game 161. We had a chance for the division uh, in game 162, didn't do it, and then ended up sort of taking the more the, the longer route, the more difficult route, but it made it to where we made it, and the Rangers have won nine of 12 postseason games. So, you know, you really can't be in a much better position than to get the opportunity to sit in front of your TV, watch Game 7 of the NLCS tonight, and get ready for Game 1 of the World Series on Friday. Any preference, considering uh, you swept to Philly the first three games of the season, so and that was the only time you saw the Phils, and then I think uh, Arizona took three out of four against the Rangers uh, during the regular season. Yeah, a couple of two-game series, one in Arlington and one in Phoenix. We definitely didn't play as well against uh, the Diamondbacks as we did against the Phillies at the beginning of the year. But, you know, I guess the Phillies maybe were, you know, going through some things. A new shortstop, Trey Turner, who really didn't get off to a very good start. Um, and so we obviously caught them at a, at a pretty good time of the year. If, if you ask me from, you know, a baseball mindset, yeah, the Phillies have a better lineup, I think. They definitely, I think, have more thump. But that's not to say that the Diamondbacks don't. They have some uh, terrific players, I think, Probably, you know, if you're talking about the top of the rotation, give a little bit of an edge to the Phillies there. But, hey, uh, and I said this on an interview earlier today, the Diamondbacks win tonight. They're the better team. Um, if the Diamondbacks win, I'd prefer to play the Phillies. 
<laughs> they're not as good as the Diamondbacks right now. Yeah. So for me, I, I don't have a preference. I really don't. The only preference I have would be to root for the Phillies tonight because if we travel to Philadelphia for games three and four and possibly five of the series, gives me an opportunity to see uh, my daughter for a few more days. She lives on the East Coast. So oh, there you go. That would be my only preference. I think that's fair. I think uh, getting a chance to spend a little family, extra family time would, would be nice if, if you get that yep. opportunity. But the point is you're getting a chance to do something that a lot of uh, radio broadcasters dream of and never get the chance, and that is to, to, yep. to call a World Series. And I know that you're excited about that. Being with Eric in the booth has got to be great. And uh, a lot of uh, Rangers fans in El Paso and, and all over the state uh, are, are going to be pretty much uh, really, really excited over the next uh, week to 10 days to see how this thing transpires. No question about it. It was neat to see the number of fans that were at Game 7 yesterday in Houston. And, of course, they all stuck around uh, for not just the end of the game but the post-game celebrations. Uh, it was really, really neat to see. And, of course, you know, after the game last night and today, my phone has just been inundated with text and emails and social media. And it's just, it's, it's, it's really uh, neat to see the kind of support um, that we have all gotten uh, to get to this point to where we're getting ready to play in the world series. Enjoy it. Take it in. I hope for nothing but the best. In fact, I said this earlier, I'm rooting for the Rangers only, only because I want to see you get a world series ring. That is the it is, it is a it is a very very greedy reason to root for the Rangers, but that's the honest to God truth. All right, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, Matt. We'll keep in touch. We'll talk soon. Will do. All right, Matt Hicks, uh, voice uh, of the Texas Rangers. Can't believe Matt's been doing this now for uh, last ten plus seasons. It's amazing. Um, some of you might not even know he's the first voice of the Buzzards. I replaced Matt after like a month. Matt did hockey for the Buzzards for like the first month. Then he had to get back to everything with uh, the Diablos, and then I, I finished that first season out. And then Duke came on by, and Duke is now the voice of El Paso Hockey. It's the way it's been. Hey, 45 past the hour. We'll come back. More in a moment. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Hour to go. Bernie is going to be by with our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch, checking out some of the messages on X. This comes from Orly, actually from uh, YYS regarding Orly's phone call earlier. Orly just likes to hear himself talk. Let's be real here. I think discussing the fact that at least he like calls in after losses, unlike Cowboys fans. YYS wanted to take him up on that claim. King Eric, as a Yankees fan, best believe I am happy the Astros are not going to the World Series. And then Christopher Cadillo, as a diehard Dodgers fan, I am so happy the Astros are not going to the World Series. Uh, other than that, happy NBA opening night. Do you see the Lakers making a run for an NBA title? Adrian, is this the year the Lakers can get back? Oh, man, Steve, that's a loaded question. The West is loaded in itself, uh, but if there was a year to do it, I mean, year what, 20 of LeBron James, uh, Anthony Davis back. They've got Gabe Vincent on their team, which they were acquired from the Miami Heat. Remember, he helped uh, Miami's run to the finals last year. Not to mention they signed Austin Reeves uh, for next to, next to nothing on that team. I think the talent around LeBron and Anthony Davis right now is better 
better than it's ever been. So expectations are high in, in L.A., and if it's not a championship, then it's not a good season. So the only big injury is Vanderbilt. I know he's out and not playing. Does that mean Hachimura is going to see a bigger role early on? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, also Vanderbilt, that defensive specialist. So Hachimura, let's see how he can continue shooting. I mean, that's how he finished off the season, a nice uh, sh- uh, shooting uh, run for him. So let's see how he could uh, start off this season uh, knowing all of that. Game 7, Diamondbacks and Phils coming up in an hour. We've got Bernie next, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. From the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio, here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Beginning of hour number two. Excited about this with uh, Adrian here. Back from Mexico, 40 hours of no power, no water for his buddy's bachelor party weekend. But uh, what, 72 hours of fun and excitement? That's true. How is it being on a beach? Beach and beer? That's That's right. right. Beach and lots of beer. (laughs) Lots of beer. There could be worse things in the world. There are worse things in the world. I didn't even get a chance to inter- to introduce you. You just oh, started speaking. Like I did. you're so used to just talking. I love that about you. It's great. <laughs> Sorry, it is great. Uh, Duke Keith is with us. <laughs> he is the special guest of Bernie Olivas this week for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Watch. Bernie, welcome back. I'm happy you brought Duke. And uh, the good news is uh, Duke didn't have to walk that far to uh, join you this week on the show. Oh, no, it's great to have Duke. I've know, we've known each other for a very long, long time. Yes, we have. over to locomotives and doing locomotives now and uh, thought I'd bring back to the uh, – to the other football, I was I was Bernie's chauffeur that. back in the nineties. <laughs> Were you really? One time, yes, I was with uh, my with my uh, wood paneled minivan. <laughs> oh, that sounds like that sounds like fun. Oh I yeah, like it that. was. It was a fun time. Can you uh, can you elaborate on that? I don't know that Bernie would want me to. That's uh, okay. all right. You can go ahead. <laughs> I'm passing. We made a that. trip. We we made a trip to Mexico. Really? Bernie is one hell of a dancer. Really? Let me se- let me tell you that right now. Bernie Olivas can cut a rug. Yeah, and it was uh, it was excellent. Bernie wow. kind of helped me through uh, being pulled over by the Juarez police as well. That's it was uh, very helpful. Yes, that's this sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, actually. it was. And uh, you went uh, just uh, as uh, Bernie's plus one. Was that what was going on? Uh, it was like plus five. Ah, <laughs> there were yeah. lots of people, which is why I had the minivan. Gotcha. It and was a, a good party. And you were the lucky driver. I was I the lucky driver. That. Yes. That sounds like fun. All yeah. right. Bernie, Next you, Mexico trip, I'm I'm inviting both Bernie and Duke. I think there we that go. Would, I think that's the way to go. Bernie, I've never known that about you. Your dancing skills. Uh, were you always uh, a gifted uh, dancer, Bernie, from no, your younger years? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, I learned how to dance when country western came into vogue. Is that what Back happened? Back with Urban Cowboy and yeah. all that stuff and started with the, you know, started with a two-step. Started, you know, I, now I like to get out. And, I don't mind getting out on the floor. I like that. He's good. good. He's good. Sounds like he's good. Yes. Excellent. Uh, by the way, uh, Duke, you are the voice of hockey in El Paso. We just yes. had Matt Hicks on. Matt Hicks, who is now uh, in his 11th season as the voice of Texas Rangers baseball, along with Eric so, Nadell. So, so cool. He is the first play-by-play voice of the El Paso Buzzards. Did you know yes. that? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. The very, very first. And then there was a guy they brought in from Central Texas, I believe. And then you and me. That's right. We, but, but still in that very first season. 
It was it was wild. That's right. I think Matt did the games for about the first three or four weeks, and that was about the end of that. <laughs> yeah, that's all he all he wanted to handle exactly. I know John Teicher did it at some point. Yes, he did it that first season at one point. Yeah, he was he was in there. I feel like I feel like there's about eight different people that had the claim that they could be part of the voice of the buzzards that first year, including Corey well. Heon and Corey Herman. That's right. That's, that's right. right. Who so. took over uh, later? <laughs> it's 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 and wild. Had lots of fun doing it. Yes, they did. Um, all right. Uh, before we get to the Chick Fil A Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl Selectum contest for this week, uh, last week in the picks, Bernie, you had seven correct. Had seven. Wow. I had seven correct. Adrian actually was surprised to find out that he had six because he thought he had less. I did. I thought it was an awful week. Uh, Bernie, you and I are tied for last right now. Uh, we are. We are. Uh, we will find out who is the biggest loser of this contest when it's all said and done, <laughs> and who will have to purchase some Chick Fil A at the end of the season. I like to say they were tied for second. There we go. Nice. I like that. Tied for Instead second. Instead of that, tied uh, for last. Sure. You, you guys are the three constants. So yes, yeah, <laughs> I like yeah. that. Uh, how yeah, tied for second. How comfortable is my lead over the two of you right now? The three up right now. Three up. Plus so three. you have fifty-seven, and yep. Bernie and I have fifty-four. One well, bad week, Kathy. That's it. Cha- that's, that's true. One bad week, and I'm in the I'm in the toilet. Things are going to change this week with you when you hear my picks. Oh, oh really? Okay. This is the week. <laughs> okay. This is your make it or break it week. Yes, it is. I like it. All right. Yes, it is. That is fantastic. You know, and our, our conferences continue to do very, very well. Yes, they are. I just got off. A, I just got off a, a Zoom meeting with the Pac-12 schools. How'd that and, go? Uh, it went very well. Normally, around this time of year, uh, we used to go and do it live where the, the, the schools that were going to be bowl eligible, we would meet with their ops guy, with their ticket guys, with their, you know, uh, the business managers, and we'd, meet, we'd do like speed dating. We'd uh-huh. sit with one school, and then we'd switch every 30 minutes. And so they, we could get a head start on, uh, on the bowl season. And, you yes. know, and then when the schools are picked, they, they've been there already. We don't have to start from day one. This time they did it by Zoom. And it was pretty intricate. I sat at my desk, and they were at their desk. But somehow they sw- they uh, Pac-12 fixed it. Uh, they were switching rooms from between schools. So normally we get about five or six schools. The Pac-12 that we had almost everybody except uh, Arizona State. Really? Wow! And uh, wow. Stanford was there. Cal was there. Okay. Everybody was there. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it, it's just a lot of fun. We just go over you know dates, events, uh, hotels, practices, yeah. that kind of stuff, and. And we we alternate we you know we switch every every twenty minutes we were switching schools and it was fun that there were so many schools that are still probably going to be bowl eligible yeah, and of wild. course some of those we, you know they're probably outside of our range like you know Washington a seven and zero and a USC and Oregon State but you know the rest of the schools we we know we have a shot at them even like I said the one we that everybody wanted before it's going to have to struggle to make it to you know to bowl eligibility but they were there and had a really good talk and we're talking about, actually we're talking about Colorado. Uh, they were there. They still got to, they got to win a few games to become bowl eligible. But uh, but it was fun talking to all those all those uh, a lot of them that I have not talked to, and of course some of the ones that have been here recently, like the Washington State people, the UCLA people. Uh, got to talk to them, and you know we not only went, you know our our events don't change all the time. So some of these people they they're still talking about what a great time they had here in El Paso, and they you know they like to come back if they're not in a, you know if they're not in the championship game or uh, somewhere not. So it was it's fun to talk to those people, and like I said, it's getting closer. That when we have this meeting, that means we're close. Colorado uh, will not have uh, an easy run to six. Wins. No, they don't. They're four. They have four wins right now. They're four and three, 
But they've got UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington State, and Utah still on the schedule. And of those games, Oregon State and Arizona are at home. Everybody else is on the road. Not going to be easy. Yeah, I think Arizona, even though Arizona is playing some pretty good football right now, is uh, is a must win for them. They're going to have to pull an upset, you know, just to get bowl eligible. So, so we'll see. But I tell you what, the rest of the teams, the rest of the Pac-12, you know, even pretty UCLA, strong. we probably wouldn't take UCLA because they were here already just last year. But you know, talking to the Utah people, you know, they're pretty good. It's a lot of fun. They got some good friends up there. But the Oregon State people. They'd love to come back. They haven't been here since 06 or 08, something wow. like that. So it's a, it, it, it was a fun meeting, and uh, we're, we're still excited. I keep on saying we're going to have a pretty good matchup this year and looking forward to it. I think you're going to have a great matchup. And then, you know, and then we do the same thing with the ACC, but that one will be in person. Uh, okay. That one will be in person, so that's uh, a week after next. So we'll be, uh, it'll be fun. We'll, Clemson we're getting is closer. suddenly in the picture, I think, for the uh, Tony the Tiger. Summer. Who's that? Clemson. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They took another loss this last weekend. That's they're, right. they're, they're in there. And I know for a fact, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I, you know, that. I know one of the other bowls that we're dealing with wants nothing to do with them. Really? Yes. All really? right. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, maybe that that helps us. Yes. Helps uh, the, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. That, at least that's what they told me. He said, no, we, we, we don't want Clemson. Apparently, the last time Clemson was there, that was not a good experience for the bowl or for the school. Uh, so, well, Clemson's never been here, so that would be good. That for would El Paso. be great. Yeah. Actually, yeah, Clemson has been. Clemson has been here. Yeah, they have, been, but not in years. I'm talking the 60s. I thought maybe. they were in the 70s, right? Or was it 60s? 60s or 70s, somewhere in there. Okay. Wow. But anyway, it's been. Uh, it's 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 that fun. This is the fun time of year where now things are starting to narrow down and we're getting closer. So I urge everybody go get your tickets. I can't. I just can't imagine having a bad a bad matchup this year. No, it's going to be terrific when it's yeah. all said and done. I can't wait to see who's going to be here. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Colorado, they got to win seven because they've played seven so far, um, and I think they have. Did or, they play Hawaii? Wait, no, they didn't play. Wait, let me see. What no. they've got. they're four and three, so they have five, seven. They should have what five left? Oh, they do have five. Okay, so yeah, they've got to win right. two more. But uh, I don't know, guys. Yeah. It's going to be a tough yeah. fight. That's the school, be a tough you fight. know, the school that you're thinking about that has to have seven is New Mexico, Mexico State. State. Yeah, they have true. to win seven because they played Hawaii. Yeah, but they've got five. Yeah. So if they beat La Tech today, they're in great shape. Correct. Great shape. That's a what a season those guys have had. Oh, without a doubt, incredible. Jerry Kill is just a miracle worker. It's <laughs> pretty good. I spoke to coach. one of the folks at New Mexico State and says, you know what. It ain't easy to win when you're broke <laughs> in football. Yeah. Ain't easy to win in football when you're broke. So this is uh, really a wonderful thing. They do more with less than any school in America. We've been saying that for years. Yep. So. Mario Moch is a miracle worker. No doubt. All right. Um, you guys ready to get started? Let's on absolutely. Our, on our I'm Tony ready. the Tiger uh, Selectum Contest with Chick-fil-A sponsoring. Uh, here we go. We've got uh, 10 games and then the tiebreaker. Duke, you know how the drill, how this works. We we give you the game matchup. We'll tell you the records. We'll give you the spread for entertainment purposes only. But all you got to do is pick the straight-up winner. <laughs> right. Gotcha. All right. Let's kick it off then. Let's and, do it. Uh, we will begin uh, this week in the ACC. So first up for business will be uh, the following matchup. Hang on. Let me just get my cue sheet ready to go. Here it is. Uh, number four, Florida State visiting Wake Forest. Uh, FSU is seven and zero, perfect in the ACC. Wake is four and three, one and three in the ACC. It is going to be in Winston Salem, North Carolina, but uh, Florida State twenty and a half point favorites. Duke, why don't you kick us off with that one? Um, I'm going to say Florida State. Yeah, I, I don't see them losing that. I'm not sure that uh, they'll cover, but yeah, uh, FSU definitely. Bernie. 
Yeah, Wake Forest, I thought was going to be really good this year. And Microphone burning. Burn, there you go. I yeah, thought they were going to yeah. be really good, but no, I, I'm, at Florida State, uh, you know, they have a lot to play for, so uh, I, I'm going Florida State. You agree with Duke that it might uh, be under the 20 and a half? It could be a closer game. I think so, because I don't think Florida, uh, Wake Forest is that bad. Yeah. Uh, they've had a stumble a couple of times, but I think they're still a pretty good football team, and I'll think they'll, I think they'll, they'll cover. All right. Adrian. Duke, I thought, was going to play Florida State a lot better than they did, but I think the Seminoles are one of the best teams in the country, and that's why they're ranked number four, and that's why I think they're going to smash Wake Forest on the road this weekend. Give me Ooh. Florida State. Yeah. And they're the cover? Points. Yeah, and I the think points. they're going to cover. All right. Like I'll take Florida State as well. So we're yeah. all in, in agreement with game number one, and we'll stay in the ACC for game number two. The aforementioned uh, Clemson Tigers – Visiting North Carolina State, both teams are four and three. Clemson's two and three in the ACC. NC State's one and two in the ACC. It's in Raleigh, North Carolina, at Carter Finley Stadium, and uh, North Carolina State ten point home dogs. That's right, Clemson by ten. Bernie, what's going to happen? I thought NC State was going to be one of the better teams uh, in the ACC this year, and uh, uh, they lost a couple of players to injury. But Clemson, for sure, is not the team that they have in the past. And I'm picking NC State at home. Ooh, first big upset selection of the week. You're going Clemson. I'm sorry, you're going North Carolina State. North NC State. All right, good for you. Adrian. Yeah, I'm not a believer in the Tigers. I got the Wolfpack as well, which gets me a little scared here. Where where are we going here for the rest of this? I'll tell you where we're going. We're going Clemson, boys, because Clemson still, despite their off year, is going to get on the road, and uh, they're going to show that they are better than North Carolina State. I like uh, the Tigers to win here, Duke. I'm going to go with the Wolfpack. I'm going to agree with Bernie and Adrian. And uh, I see an upset. It's on the road. They'll definitely cover, I think. But uh, the Wolfpack, Wolfpack to win, straight up. Oh, I like this. This is what we are going to figure out. What's going to happen is this after this week. The lead is going to either grow and grow and grow for me, or (laughs) it will be a much tighter race down the stretch. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. We're going to go. On, we're going to be going Dutch at the end of this thing. It could yeah, be. It could that's, be. That's exactly. Just that's get exactly your own Chick Fil A. Right. Could be. Yes. All right. Before we get to game number three and let Adrian give us his prediction, we've got a little trivia contest right now. Give somebody a chance to win a pair of tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl on December the 29th, which is uh, something we normally uh, do on this show. Uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl trivia. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, giving you as Keep much. Peddling. Keep peddling. Keep peddling. Um, and again, uh, the mouse is a, on the wheel. we've had a lot of great winners uh, so far uh, this season. Let's <laughs> see who's going to be our winner here today, Bernie. There and we, we need go. to get early because I think this one is one of the toughest questions we've ever had. I love it. But for two tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl on December the 29th, there have been five head coaches to make three appearances with the same team. Who are the coaches and what team were they head coach for? Oh, my God. Uh, this is a at ten-part question. Three, at least they, they've been here with the same team at, at least, least three. three times. Name all five coaches and, and name which, the five teams. And name the five schools they coached. Three, at least three times. Mm-hmm. All right. I like that question. I know one right out of the gate, but i got to come up with the others. So. I think most yeah. of them are all right. Yeah. Are you know, guessable. I, I see one that, that might give people trouble. Okay. But, yeah, there like have been it. five yeah. who have coached at the same team in the Sun Bowl three times. I, I, know, I know at least one. Yeah. I know at least one and probably two. I like yeah. it. But, yeah. 
505-6009. That's our telephone number, 505-6009. If you want to get in, Adrian, do you have the answer to that one? Of course not, man. We will make sure you have the answer. <laughs> I've got one. i got one for sure. All right. We'll get Adrian squared away. Good luck, everybody. Let's go to Charlie One and get this traffic update. Well, that was not easy. We um, went ahead and dissected the trivia question from Bernie during the break. Yeah. Without any clues. <laughs> it was not easy. I gave you a lot of clues. He gave us some clues. We had a lot of yeah. wrong answers uh, during, yeah. the, uh, during the break. For those of you who didn't answers. hear it, there have been five head coaches to make three appearances in the Sun Bowl with the same team. Who are the coaches and what team did they coach? That was the question. That's good. Hmm. That's a good question. But something, I mean, if you were inclined, you could research. So. 505-6009. I was hoping we get a winner during the break so Adrian could concentrate on the segment of picking games and not answering calls. But uh, we'll have to wait. Not even a happens. single guess, Steve. Really? It's a tough question. It's it tough is tough. Question. It is because you got to get research. all five. You need. You can't get one, two, three, or four. Well, got to get all five. Here's the thing: like you can research the schools would be easy enough. Then you got to know who the head coaches were. That's true. That's not easy. I like it. That's a good one. Good zinger. Okay. Good. Wait, wait. Maybe to try answer to... tomorrow. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Maybe exactly. waiting on those Sun Bowl tickets a little bit. That's okay. I'm fine That's with it. that. I'm fine with that. That's awesome. All right. Let's get to the games. We'll get back to them right now. Uh, Adrian's going to lead us off with two and five Pitt visiting six and two Notre Dame. Dame is 14th in the country. Uh, it's at Notre Dame Stadium and the Irish 20 point favorites, Adrian, over Pitt. <sighs> You know, Pitt's struggling this year mightily. I'm actually really bummed that they're having a season like this. I thought they'd be a lot better. Give me Notre Dame by a lot. All right, I'm with you. I'll take Notre Dame in a big way as well, Duke. Yeah, Notre Dame, Irish all the way and probably to cover. Um, We'll see if Bernie's really interested in trying to climb back into this one with a road no, winner. he's not no. going to pick against the Irish. Yeah. Come on, Notre Dame, Notre Dame all the way. Yeah. They're, they're playing. They're playing. Starting to play well, and Pittsburgh is struggling as much as I like them. Uh, they're struggling. Yeah. Okay, one team that hasn't been struggling this season is Louisville. They're six and one on the year, three and one in the ACC. They're ranked 18th in the country. Duke will be visiting them. Duke is uh, 20th in the country. They're five and two, two and one in the ACC. It's at Cardinal Stadium in Louisville, and. Uh, the uh, Cardinals are four-point home favorites. I'll kick us off on this one, gentlemen. And uh, this could go either way. And I thought a lot about this game, and I wanted to take Duke uh, as a road team, but I just can't. I think Louisville's having a special season, uh, and I will have to go with Louisville-Duke uh, to win uh, this one. Don't be confused, by the way. It's not Louisville-Duke, meaning uh, Duke Blue Devils. This is Duke-Keith I'm talking about. <laughs> there are two Dukes, although Duke might yes. pick Duke, for all we know. It's very interesting how to can see I what be, happens. How could I be Duke if I didn't pick Duke? That's true. It's true. That is it's, true. So I am picking the Blue Devils. All right. Blue Devils over Louisville. Uh, yes, the upset. Gotcha. Bernie. Louisville is having a special season. Microphone, Bernie. I'm sorry. Thank you. I got to look over that. I know. <laughs> but, I know. like I said, Louisville's having a special season, but so is Duke. They are. I'm taking Duke on the road against Louisville. Very Gutsy nice. pick. That'll get you back in the race if I'm wrong. I like that. Was that an original selection, or did you modify that after I picked Louisville today? No, no you had that. that was that was one all, of the originals. All, all my okay. oh, so you're you're already done. Gotcha. All right, just making sure. Uh, Adrian, your turn. So Riley Leonard, quarterback for Duke, was injured in the loss to Florida State. No, uh, no certainty if he's going to play in this one. Uh, whether or not he plays doesn't matter. Give me Louisville. Okay. Ah, I think right. Duke played pretty well against Florida State for 
for a long time before they before Florida State pulled away. So, but I think Duke is still a really good football team. I'm with you. All right, good stuff, Bernie. I'm, 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 we'll see what happens. It'll be fun. Hey, let's keep it moving. We're going to go back now to the top, and uh, we will start it with uh, Oregon and Utah in the little Pac-12 action. Oregon eighth in the country. Utah thirteenth in the country. Both teams are six and one. Both teams are three and one in the Pac-12. It's at uh, it's in Salt Lake City, Utah. And yet Oregon, seven-point favorites Duke as we are back around to here for this one. Wow. Yeah, this is a tough, tough pick because I love – it's Kyle Whittingham, right? I think he does an outstanding job with mm-hmm. Utah. But I think Oregon this year is more like Utah than, <laughs> than they have been in years past. They used to be, you know, Oregon to just blaze you to death. I think, I think the Oregon Ducks are tough enough – and I think they're going to get the job done on the road at Utah. Not sure they'll cover, but I think they'll win. All right, Bernie. I'm going with the Ducks. I'm, you know, as much as I like Coach Whittenham and everybody, yeah. I, I I just think Oregon is is is, going to, is a better team. Okay, um, Adrian. Man, I had Oregon. I guess I have to stay with Oregon. I'm not going to change my picks. I don't feel great about it. Yeah, uh, yeah Oregon it's in tough. this one, I still feel like they're a top-five team in the country, regardless of the outcome of this one, just based on what I've seen earlier this year. Love their defense. Love their offense. Give me Oregon. All right. Now, if I was going to try and play it safe and make sure that I don't keep squandering my big lead, I would agree with you guys. But no, that's not the case. Oh. I'm going Utah at home. They're going to ride the wave of the big win over USC last week, and they will make it two big ones in a row when they take care of business against the Oregon Ducks. Two okay. Utes wins. We're coming back, Bernie. Two Utes. Could be. This could be the week for you guys. It's either the week where you come back or you just disappear into Never Never <laughs> Land, and that's the end of you. All right, let's keep things moving right now with another Pac-12 matchup. It's number 24, USC, visiting Cal. USC is 6-2 and two on the season. They're 24th in the country. Cal is 3-4, and 1-3 and three in the Pac-12. USC, Bernie, minus 11 as we kick off this big one. I'm I'm sticking with the Trojans. I'm not uh, I'm not going uh, upset this time. USC will win this one. Got it. Uh, your turn, Adrian. So uh, it's interesting. Lincoln Riley has missed practice for two days in a row. Cliff Kingsbury, former Arizona Cardinal head coach, is now taking over at practice. He might be the assistant coach and be named that this week for USC. Uh, I think they need a get-right game, and it's this week at Cal. I got the Trojans. I'm with you on that one. Duke, so far, all three of us taking USC. What about you? Oh, yeah. Well, let's make it uh, consecutive, or or let's make it uh, unanimous. USC, absolutely. It doesn't matter if Cliff Kingsbury or Ronald McDonald is coaching that team. Uh, They're going (laughs) to – they've got all the talent on the field. I don't think Cal's going to be able to hang with them, and they're upset because they've lost the last couple of games. Gotcha. All right, moving on. Colorado visiting number 23 UCLA at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. The Buffaloes, 4 and 3 overall, 1 and 3 in the Pac-12. UCLA's 5 and 2, the 23rd in the country, 2 and 2 in the Pac-12. Adrian UCLA 17 point home favorites. Oof. I got Colorado. This is my upset pick of the week. I got the Buffaloes. What 
is Coach leading Prime. you to just the, the Coach Prime effect? No, I, they got Travis Hunter back. They're mad. They are 1-3 in the conference right now, and I still don't think they're a bad team in this conference despite that loss, that inexcusable loss against Stanford uh, two weeks ago. They had a bye week. This is their time to get right on the road and beat a team that's better than them, UCLA on the road. Give me the Colorado Buffaloes. It's a gutsy pick. I like it. Uh, by the way, uh, Chip Kelly's not naming a starting quarterback until uh, probably kickoff, which is great. Um, I will still take UCLA at home this one. I just don't see them losing to Colorado. So I will go with the Bruins. Uh, your turn, Duke. Yeah, I'm going to take UCLA as well. Uh, I, you know, I, I think Colorado struggled a little bit, and I think we're kind of finding out that they're you know, regressing to the mean some. And I think that Chip Kelly's just got his program at a different level at this point. He's, right. he's been there a few more years, and uh, I see UCLA pulling this one out. Bernie, your turn. Colorado has to win three out of the last four games, or four out of the last five games to be bowl eligible. But they're going to have to go on a winning streak after this week because UCLA's going to win. All right. Yep. Colorado has to win two games, right? Two of their last five to mm-hmm. become bowl eligible. Correct. So, but you're going, uh, you're going UCLA. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Good stuff. We'll come back with our final three games right after Sports Center here. Bottom of the hour. Adrian's back with the latest. Best reply of the day via Twitter or X comes from Miss Stephanie, who says, rather than guessing that impossible trivia question, I'll just go purchase my Sun Bowl tickets. There we go. <laughs> that is the best response ever. <laughs> I agree. You're making Bernie smile. That's a good thing. It is but we do not thing. mind giving away tickets for this. No, we don't. Uh, that's, why we're, that's why we're doing it. But every, like, I was just off the air, I was just saying, you know, Everybody normally gets the answer like immediately, and Eddie Morello, our media relations, I said, "Hey, let's get a little tough on this year this like week," it. and he did. He boy, he got it. He sure did. But you guys did pretty well. Well, off, we did okay off, with yeah. with a few of your props. Well, yeah. Yes, yeah, we, we need we need a little, we need a little help, especially in the end. Oh, yeah. that was it, big time. All right, good well, job. Maybe to guarantee a winner, maybe I'll start doing that a little bit later. Okay, well, okay, it's very nice of you. Edging them a little closer to it. Jim Paul chimes in. Ask Bernie about the chances of Colorado coming to the Sun Bowl. Again, uh, first of all, they have to win at least two more games. Uh, I think if they win, if they win two more games, and uh, one of the teams makes it to the playoffs, if Washington makes it to the playoffs, I think that knocks everybody down one, and we have a chance if they win six, if if they go six and if they go six and six, six. six yeah. if Washington would happen to lose and, and fall out of the playoffs. Then it would knock. Then it would. They want to keep everybody up, and uh, they might wind up in L.A. or in, or an in Independence Bowl or something, because we have to get the. We have to take the next uh, by conference record, the best team available with conference records. So they have to. They have to. They have to beat somebody. It's what they have to do. Makes sense. All right. So they got to take care of some business. Yeah. All right. Three games to go. Let's get right to it. Number seventeen, North Carolina visiting Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's three and four. Two and two in the ACC. UNC is six and one, three and one in the ACC. They are ranked seventeenth. They are eleven and a half point road favorites visiting uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium uh, in Atlanta. And uh, I am rolling the Mac Brown bandwagon again this week. Yeah. I will take North Carolina Duke on the road, uh, winning over Georgia Tech. I will say North Carolina as well. Yeah, I think uh, UNC is a little upset and. And they'll come back in a strong way versus a Georgia Tech team that just doesn't quite have the firepower to hang. I hear you. Bernie, what about you? I'm with you. North Carolina, big. They'll Mm -hmm. cover. 
against Georgia Tech. Ooh. Adrian. Uh, Virginia came up with a huge victory over the Tar Heels, talking about inexcusable losses. Uh, it's not going to happen two weeks in a row. Right. I think the North Carolina Tar Heels get right this week on the road at Georgia Tech. All right. We wrap it up with two games in the Pac-12. Uh, let's get back to the fun, and uh, the fun will consist of Washington State visiting Arizona State. Now, Wazoo is suddenly 4 and 3, 1 and 3 in the Pac-12. ASU finds themselves 1 and 6, 0 oh and 4 in the Pac-12. Although Arizona State gave Washington a scare last week, a big scare as they led in the fourth quarter before Washington came back. Uh, nonetheless, in that game, uh Washington State uh, a six-point road favorite in Tempe at Mountain America Stadium. Uh, and uh, that is where we lead things off and go back to Duke for uh, one last pick. Wazoo. I'll take the Washington State. Uh, I'll take uh, Washington State Cougars over Arizona State uh, in this one. Okay, Bernie. <clears throat> I'm, with, I'm with Duke. I think Washington, Washington State was – I thought they were going to be very a contender, to tell you the truth, when the season started. They fall in a little bit, but I still think they're they're good. And Arizona State obviously is struggling with uh, with one win and zero and four in conference play. I got you. What about you, uh, Adrian? Give me the Sun Devils. Uh, there are no moral victories in college football, but the Sun Devils basically lost by a late interception for a touchdown thanks to the Washington Huskies in that game. And this one, they they want to win in conference, and they haven't had one all season long. Give me the Sun Devils at home in this one. Gosh, big, one, big pick. It is. Is a big pick because if Washington State loses, they'll be one and four in the Pac-12, and now four and four overall after such a great start. I don't think that happens this week. I think Wazoo bounces back. I'll get. Uh, I, I will take the Cougs to beat uh, the Sun Devils uh, on the road. All right, final pick of the day. That'll be number eleven, Oregon State visiting Arizona. Now, Arizona's four and three, two and two in the Pac-12. Oregon State is six and one, three and one in the Pac-12. It's at Arizona Stadium in Tucson. Bernie, our final pick gives us uh, Oregon State three and a half point favorites uh, over uh, Zona, the Cats. What do you think? Oregon State, ranked number 11. Arizona has come out of nowhere. That's right. Yeah. I am picking the Wildcats over Oregon State this weekend. All right. Adrian. You think about the last three games for the Wildcats. A seven-point loss to the fifth-ranked Washington Huskies. A late uh, overtime thriller against USC in which they lost. And then destroying Washington State last week. Man, give me Arizona. I think they're playing great football right now. Record does not indicate that. There are zero moral victories, but this is the time where they get a victory. Five and three are going to be the Wildcats after this weekend. Two for two, say Arizona. Uh, Let's make that three for three. I went Arizona, too. I saw the trends. I like Zona. I think they could easily be five and three after this week and get a big win and maybe even put themselves in the hunt to come to El Paso here uh, in, in December for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, Duke. Make it four of four. Arizona Wildcats with the upset win over number 11 Oregon State. Look at that. Look at Bernie was smiling because Bernie thought he was going to be probably by himself, and little (laughs) did he realize everybody's taking Arizona this week. I did. I thought, I I didn't think any of you I was going to take Arizona against the number 11 ranked Oregon State, but uh, they're playing 
good, good football. They are. And I kind of like their coach. Uh, you know, he came from the NFL, had a slow start, but I think he got it. He has them going in the right direction. Tiebreaker, total number of points that will be scored during the number 8 Oregon versus number 13 Utah game. I believe the official over-under right now is 49, Duke, for uh, you know entertainment purposes only. What do you think the total will be in this game? I think it'll be under. I'm going to go 46. 46 for Duke. What about you, Bernie? I'm going way over. I'm saying 63. Mm, 63, Adrian. Slightly under, and I have 45. I picked that one right before Duke said that. So I'll go, go, and I'll go 52. So I'll go over, over. the total, but not by much. So 52 okay. for me, and uh, that just about uh, does it for our Chick-fil-A Tony the Tiger Selectum Contest. No guesses on trivia. Forget the fact that we don't no. have a winner. We haven't had a single guess on trivia. You know, Steve, I think all of us are playing mind games with each other on these picks, <laughs> and I think we're trying to psych each other out because I thought, like Bernie, I'm the only one who's going to pick Arizona of the group, and I think now our listeners are, are starting to get mind mm. games themselves when they're trying to pick these this trivia answer right here. Could be. I picked the games about two hours ago in my office, and as, as, as is custom with me, I take about 30 seconds to pick these games. Sure. I go as fast as I humanly can because the more I think about it, the more I'm going to regret it if I make a pick and then I, you know, I don't want to overthink it. So, right. That's usually it. But I'm, I'm excited because, Duke, I know you're a celebrity picker this week, which is great. Good luck for you. You could win. But uh, as far as uh, the three of us go, uh, this is going to be a very big week. I can tell there's a lot of games that we're picking against each other. So uh, one of two things will happen. We'll either split and still be in that same spot we are right now, or I'll lose a ton and they'll catch up, <laughs> or they'll lose a ton and I will just distance myself and that chicken uh, that a honey pepper. Oh wait, hang on. I got to get honey the pim- hu- honey the, pimento the, chicken. The honey pimento chicken sandwich will it's, taste that much just better. Stellar. Oh, oh my God. I just, I just want to, back to the trivia question, I'll give one hint. Oh, my God. You're actually going to soften up now at the end of the segment? Not a huge hint, but okay. like I said there have been five head coaches to make three appearances in the, in the Sun Bowl with the same team. All right? Every one of those coaches was from a different conference. Okay. I like that. So spread it around. So there's nobody from, there, there aren't two coaches from the Big, Tw- Big Ten. That's right. Aren't two coaches from the Pac-12. They're all from different conferences. That's correct. I do want to mention the new honey pepper pimento chicken sandwich. <laughs> oh, that's is, a nice segue. It features the original Chick-fil-A drizzled with honey, topped with pimento cheese, mm. served on a warm toasted bun with mild pickled jalapenos. Have you had all this? four of us have had it. Oh. This was yes. the when we settled the bet last from last season with Adrian, we all ordered this. Yeah. And it was unbelievably good. It is great. It is great. Love that sandwich. And by the way, if you want to uh, wash it down with something sweet, the caramel crumble milkshake mm. made with Chick-fil-A ice cream dessert blended with butterscotch caramel flavor and uh, delicious blondie crumbles topped off with whipped cream and a cherry. Lovely. Absolutely. And I, I had Chick-fil-A for lunch, so there oh, we go. Oh, my God. See, look <laughs> at you. That is fantastic. And yes. our thanks to Chick-fil-A. Anthony and Joy, our sponsors for our contest every week, the Selectum Contest. Good luck, gentlemen, and uh, we'll wish you the best. Who's going to win tonight, Game 7, Arizona or Philly? Philadelphia. Okay. It's at the it's it's at the bank, right? It is. Okay. No, wait, no, oh, it's it, not Cincinnati. It it's it, actually it is. Yeah, it's in Philly. That's right. It's in Philly. It's in Philly. Okay. When I hear the bank, I keep thinking of Bank One from the old days back when. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They used to host well, the Bob. Bank One, yeah, the, the Arizona's right. place, right? The Bob, but no, the Citizen Bob. Bank Park. That's correct. Citizen Bank. You're going bank Philly Park. at home. I'm going to go Philly at home. Um, 
Yeah, man. I mean, they've got the home field advantage. I don't see Philadelphia losing. All right. Bernie. As much as I hate Arizona for beating the Yankees in, in 01. <laughs> Were you there, by the way? Did you go that year to the series? I had a chance to go there, and I decided to come home and work on some bowl stuff because that was Ooh. my first year. That was my first year as executive director. Oh. And, of course, that was the 9-11 year. That's right. Yeah. I'm picking Arizona. All oh, right. boy. Snakes. Adrian. I got the Diamondbacks as well. I mean, I, it just feels like this series has not gone according to plan or according to everybody's thoughts. True. So give me Arizona in this one. Man, okay. I can't see Philly losing. I yeah. just can't. I right. can't. There's too many stars on that team. I want to see Jamie Apote uh, drenched in beer again. That could like, happen. That would yeah. be hilarious. That would be fun. They so. showed her on SportsCenter the night she was doing interviews. It was great. Oh, that's a loss. Yeah. That is awesome. So, yeah. All right. Well, listen, gentlemen, good luck this week. Appreciate you, Bernie. Thanks for stopping in. we got the parade right around the corner because Thanksgiving is almost here. Game is coming up. And get those tickets like you talked about. Absolutely. Somebody answer the trivia question, please. We beg you. Please. All right. Look it up. We'll come back, wrap it up, and get you ready for that baseball game. It's next, 15 minutes away, 600 ESPN El Paso.